Welcome to the Road to Wellville podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Terrell. Together, we will explore our own wellness journeys, nurturing body, mind, and spirit. Join me as I talk to top wellness professionals from all over the world with a wide range of backgrounds and specialties. I invite you to discover, discuss, and design your own path on the road to Wellville. Welcome, listener. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to my dear, dear, dear friend, Freedom Chavarello. Freedom Mm -hmm. is an intuitive alchemist, creator, dream weaver, green witch, and she celebrates every day as magic. I'm so curious about some of these words and roles, and I can't wait to hear more from her about them. She is the creator of Moonbeam Daydream, a community all about meditation, plant alchemy, cacao ceremony, and so much more. Basically uplifting energy in so many of its forms. (laughs) Freedom, I met you through Elena Brower's mentorship, which I talk about often on the show. Hearing you speak, I was immediately drawn to your energy and your wisdom. And then I started listening to your podcast and wow, I was hooked. You have so much love and wisdom and you are so articulate and authentic in how you share it in the world. You really tell your true story and um, I really appreciate that and I really connect with that. So I am really, really thankful for you to take a little bit of time to chat with me today. Oh yeah, I'm so happy to be here. It's such a high honor. I'm just, I'm over the moon. Welcome, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. So I wanted to, I I always like in this podcast to kind of go to the back, to the origin story a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think for a lot of people on this healing path, there's an early event or situation that sets you on this path, um, particularly like holistic health and wellness. So I'm just wondering, was there an early event in your life that sparked your interest in wellness? Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background and how you started your journey. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I agree wholeheartedly. There's this way that the path of the healer, the path of the hermetic and just holistic wellness in general, there's always an instigative sitch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like an opportunity to grow past some of our inheritances. Mm -hmm. And I would say the baseline initiation of mine was being highly, highly, highly sensitive being a very sensitive child and growing up in an environment that was not particularly attuned to sensitivity, Mm -hmm. um, almost having a little bit more pride around buttoning up bootstraps and being kind of tough. And then my coping mechanism to deal with that sensitivity evolved into eating disorders. And the eating disorders are really what took me down the path of holistic healing because I was so exhausted by the modern medical system. Not that there's anything wrong with it, Mm. but it wasn't working for me. And that's actually how I got introduced to plant allyship and alchemy was through that journey with eating disorders. Mm. And it was such a long time. It's only really been less than a decade of being totally clear of them. And so much of my identity kind of got woven into this idea of being disordered, like Mm -hmm. out of order. 
and this reclamation of the inner order, the inner alchemist to kind of remedy all of those things. Harmony, chasing harmony. Mm. Baseline. So interesting. I think I, I, well, I did have a similar situation when I was younger too. I definitely grew up, um, a highly sensitive little girl, only child all on my own. And I did develop eating disorders also, you know, from wow. probably about seventh grade. Yeah. yeah, I know. I haven't really shared that on this podcast either, but, um, that was a journey that I went through like seventh grade, eighth grade, even into like high school. And I think it was just my way of trying to control things or, make sense out of things that I didn't really understand. And um, something I love that you said earlier when we were talking off of the podcast was about being sensitive. And I think it was about learning how to manage that sensitivity, where for yeah. me, I think I have for a long time tried to like shut off or shut down, you know, like I don't manage it. I try to cut it off and block it. Yeah. The sensitivity it's, it's a superpower, mm. but the popular narrative does not fall in line with that idea. Mm. The popular narrative sees sensitivity as inconvenient. Mm -hmm. And what happens often, which kind of sounds like what happened to you or what the invitation was for you at the time was to disembody mm. in order to stay comfortable enough to get through the day. Mm -hmm. to get through the week, to get through high school. That feels very That's true. Yeah. Disembodiment causes confusion. And when there's confusion, there's a lack of identity and connection. So mm -hmm. relationships that we form, experiences that we have, things that we do, they're not grounded. We were talking a little bit off the podcast too about air energy mm -hmm. and just this way that we can get very capable of existing in chaotic situations and then our brain because it's brilliant will rewire chaos and define it as safety mm. and so the disorder that starts to come whether it be psycho spiritually or physical breeds itself and then without a disruption without a rewiring sometimes it's a traumatic event um a popular description would be an intervention. Some of people have intervention. That's like mm -hmm. a stick and spoke of traumatic behaviors. Um, but we grow up thinking that it's us. Like we're doing something. Because when we're little, you know, we absorb the whole situation. My patterns of disordered eating is what I always call it. Started when I was six years old. Mm. And I was like, a child mm -hmm. and it does come from I just want to validate what you're saying about control it does come from most often kids can't control anything except what they eat or what mm -hmm. they say mm -hmm. and I, my coping was like I stopped eating and I stopped talking mm. it's hard wow. to believe now <laughs> all the time <laughs> but I didn't speak mm. for years I wow. was just in the corner, like observing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So how <laughs> did you find your way out of that? Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was a long process, but. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when we meet people, like we meet them and they're them forever. 
like meeting you, my mind, and sometimes my brain is going to be like, that's her story since forever, mm. because it's like my first introduction. Mm -hmm. And when I think about the other freedoms that have existed and the other freedoms that will exist, and then there's this freedom right now, like when she looks back at the other freedom, so much of it came from finding this clarity around hypocrisy. Mm. There was such hypocrisy in my environment around everything, especially in school. I had a lot of mm. things about school mm -hmm. and I'm from Hollywood, California, I was born and raised in Hollywood which is where diet culture comes from. Mm -hmm. I also grew up around the Cali vibe, right? which is not your normal vibe. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, right? Cali, especially SoCal, it kind of has a whole mood going on mm -hmm. with the body image stuff. And I'm of the generation too, I'm a millennial. I'm like a elder millennial, zennial even, where, you know, we had like the Kate Moss and the mm -hmm. Calvin Klein thing come out when we were teenagers. So, you know, it created an aesthetic to say the least, but I remember like getting really into um, E.E. E. Cummings, who's mm. a poet, mm -hmm. yeah. who's punctuation. Right, or capitals or? Anything. Yeah. And I was like, just a second here, there <laughs> is a way to do whatever the F you want. Just a second here. And it was so liberating. Yeah. Um, I also moved schools. I started, I moved from a college preparatory magnet school into a very urban performing arts magnet school mm. and um, got a lot of opportunity to start expressing myself in different ways mm. and take on different characters mm -hmm. to kind of learn more about who the actual freedom was through trying on different personas with theater and everything. That's so cool. I, this is like a little bit off topic, but I just started reading Don Miguel Ruiz has this new book called The Actor, which is kind of, I think, a little bit what you're talking about, like taking on these roles and stuff. I only just started reading it right now, but just a plug for that book. I, I just started it and I love his book, The Four Agreements, mm -hmm. you know, so simple, um, but so powerful. So, um, yeah, if anyone's listening and interested in what freedom's talking about, check out this book, the actor, like I said, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm really into it. Um, and you could probably, I think you could read it like in a week. It's like designed like one day is a different activity for like a week. It's like this big. So that just, yeah, made me think about what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Um, so going back like a little while ago, you were talking about air energy and we're talking about energy. And we talk about energy quite a bit on this podcast. So I was just wondering, what is your definition of energy and how does energy affect our lives? Oh my gosh. Energy is everything. Mm. Energy is everything. And that might be vague, but there's a way that energy invests in everything. Energy is a frequency, it's a vibration. I think the way that I think of energy the most is that it's a currency. Hmm. It's like something that we spend and save, invest, that we venture into. Energy is the magnet that everything is attracted to. Hmm. 
and it flows maybe kind of like that too, right? It's like this flow, like you were saying, in, out, invest, flows in from different uh, sources and out to different sources. Sounds like yeah. that's what you're saying. Energy yeah. is like, yeah, exactly. It's like a, a language. Mm. It's kind of, I mean, it really is everything to me. And I think it's pervasive in the mm. best way. It pervades everything. And I think once we begin to believe that energy is everything, then we are energy and we can do anything. Mm. There's this sort of connection that comes from that quantum awareness of what energy can do because it's exponential. It's also remedial. It's, it's everything. The thing that happens to the human, the mind, if you say anything is possible, everything is happening. It starts to look for evidence. Your mind is wired to look mm. for evidence and logic and discern and reason. And that's where it kind of gets tricky with definition. Energy is like a felt sensation that the human can interact with. We measure that interaction with our mind and our experiences. It's like um, energy meets us where we are too. Mm. Like we can be tired and then our friend calls us and we're excited again. Mm -hmm. Like energy, it's like, it's real and not real. Like mm -hmm. we can bend it. It's just like time. Time mm -hmm. is real and not real because the time itself isn't real, but what we do with the time is. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with energy. Mm -hmm. Like we are composed of energy too. We're like a collection, speaking of, you know, we're a collection of calories. Mm -hmm. and we became a solid thing because we transmuted that energy. Mm. It's a little wild, but yeah, well, transmuting energy makes you think of alchemy. And mm. I know that one of the things that you uh, do is plant alchemy. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit and that does that have to do with um, transitioning energy? And can you tell us a little bit more about what that means? Oh, yeah. Alchemy is like the biggest open secret of being alive. Alchemy is Defined in many ways, ultimately, alchemy is harmonizing. Alchemy is the harmon harmonization of energy through the mm. elements, elemental composition. So you have fire, earth, air, and water. And then in some traditions, you also have ether or spirit, which is kind of the energy essence of it all. The mm. like unseen and yet felt knowing inside the divine spark that makes mm. the human life, that's the ether energy. Um, we all are composed of different elements in different ratios and every other thing is also composed of different elements in different ratios. Alchemy is the ability to find one's own composition or place of orientation and the opposite things, composition or place of orientation and then create harmony by merging mm. different elements or compositions in the opposite. Mm. So it's a lot of words. A simple way to think of it is if you're going into a situation that is very um, excited, there's an excess of fire energy. 
and you're coming in to the situation really fatigued, there's an excess of earth energy, then you would want to play with water energy to tone that fire down. Or if you want to join in, you'd want air energy to light that fire up mm. in action steps that would be going with compassion in the water energy or um, excitement investment like getting more interested in the conversation with the air energy mm. that makes sense yeah. yeah yeah and how how did the plants come into that alchemy mm -hmm. so the plants all have different alchemical associations and like all the other living things they're composed of different elements mm -hmm. so i follow a system that is fruits are fire woods resins and barks are earth the flowers are water low-key favorite mm. and then the leaves are air mm. then ether or spirit is seeds and things that work with the akashic record mm. things like cardamom things like frankincense like we were mm. talking about the way that we can interact physiologically for holistic wellness like part of what i incorporate into coaching and programs finding someone's alchemical composition and then meeting them with the opposite with a plant ally an herbal remedy this can be essential oil tincture tea flower essence or literally working with the plant itself mm. the plant queendom has everything that the human being will ever need it doesn't always have everything the human being will ever want mm. and so there's an interesting conversation that comes reconciling the difference between need and want that's a lot of alchemical opportunity there each plant will have a dominant element an example we'll use geranium that's my my favorite essential oil it's not my favorite flower but for essential oils it's my favorite we won't tell the other essential oils i know that. we'll just keep it our little okay right okay. <laughs> here yeah oh my gosh geranium's water and water has to do with memory geranium is used to help with grief and trust a lot of grief comes from memory a lot of trust we remember why we don't trust or do trust with our memory and our whole body, even though it's solid in structure, it's cellular. So it's actually water. Hmm. And when we take in geranium or we use geranium topically, even on the organs like the liver for grief, that's also where grief and anger are held or the heart that's where we hold trust. And we take this plant energy that also has a water element to it and we use it to process emotions associated with water, we have this like personal superhero in the form of a plant that is portable, accessible, and abundant. The earth produces in abundance plants. Yeah. <laughs> so there's always gonna be opportunity to limit scarcity. The scarcity is kind of I mean, I think scarcity and disembodiment are the epidemic of our time. Mm. And the popular culture, the popular narrative, just by evidencing, mm -hmm. you know, the earth 
multiplies everything. You put a seed in the ground, you get 500 apples. Like it's a very clear portal of evidence-based study. Like it's not super crazy to notice that part, but we impart other things onto that abundance. Like only certain people can have the apples mm. or the apples cost a certain amount or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, there's always going to be creativity there. And abundance is one's own birthright because mm. we're made of the earth. We're composed of the same thing. Yeah. So like, I, I like what you said about disembodiment and scarcity being like the, you didn't say scourge, but something like that of our society right now. And I agree. And, you know, we're talking earlier with um, talking about eating disorders. I, I still think I struggle with disembodiment, you know, and I do have those scarcity moments. Um, do you think geranium is good for those situations? Or do you have any other like practical tips or recommendations for, for people that might resonate with what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Well, geranium, geranium was my gateway oil into essential oils. I had studied herbalism a little bit before. I'm an alchemical herbalist now. There are different ways to use different parts of the plant. Essential oils are hyper concentrated, volatile organic compounds. So I'll say that first, they're very powerful. Geranium was recommended to me by a practitioner that specialized in somatic work. I work a lot in somatics, which is using the felt sense of the body to interact with things that can't be quantified, like emotion. Would we you use... say, I'm sorry, I just, I want to clarify that more. So is that like a muscle testing? Is that somatic or is that totally different? Muscle testing. Well, okay. Or is that an example? I would say you could call that a somatic practice. Okay. And there are somatic meditations, somatic, somatic in air quotes I'm doing for those okay. of you that are just listening had a buzz moment. Okay. It had like a matcha moment where okay. everyone somatic like you know it's like matcha everywhere right um which is fine yeah. personally I'm obsessed with matcha i drink it yeah, every day me too but i i i miss yeah. the somatic i miss the somatic moment so i just need you to like clarify for me a little more yeah oh this is exciting so mm -hmm. well somatic this is what i'm saying that it had a moment is that it had a lot of um definitions go out via social media at once my understanding the best way i can describe it is that it's using the felt sensations of the body. So it's an embodiment practice mm. that is connected to breath and sensation at the same time. So you could say that yoga is a somatic practice. Mm. And then there are somatic practitioners that do a little bit more in-depth specificity with, um, there's a sensation in the lower right abdomen going into that sensation communicating with it like it's a person mm. and then breathing through these emotional psycho-spiritual blocks mm. with the assistance of other tools, maybe like muscle testing, mm. maybe like essential oils. The most important thing about somatic experiencing slash wellness, healing, holistic things is to remember that though we are all the same, 
we're also so different mm -hmm. and our genetics our dna is turned on and off at different rates and with different circumstances so when you start working with plants you know sometimes people try one and it doesn't nothing happens but there are so many other ones mm -hmm. There are so many other teachers, healers, practitioners. Mm -hmm. Somatic, it's especially important to get to know the person that is facilitating because it's trauma work. Mm -hmm. Going often into trauma because that's the nature of what we hold on to. Mm -hmm. As human animals, we hold on to trauma. Mm -hmm. Eating disorders are a deep trauma that has a lot to do, it manifests often in the diaphragmatic section of your body, if, especially if you had bulimia or mm. binge eating disorders. I hate to say disorders because it's not really a disorder, it's just a mm -hmm. mismatch. Mm -hmm. I like to say your mind and your body are mismatched. Yeah. Um, versus anorexic behavior, which is a withholding. Mm -hmm. That's more of like a collapse in the shoulders mm -hmm. and like a here like a smallness that was me for sure yeah it's a whole yeah mm -hmm. and the thing with smallness it's kind of like it's it is scarcity mm -hmm. um and it never we're never small enough mm -hmm. and then dysmorphia develops mm -hmm. our brain can't actually accurately see us mm -hmm. and there's actually some really, I'm remembering this moment where I was, I was out shopping and my mom was like really confused at the clothing I was picking out because shopping was always kind of low key traumatic when you're in that state of mind. But mm. she was so confused at what I was picking out because it was just such the wrong size, mm. like way too big. Mm. Um, but I never saw myself as small mm. and the tricky thing which i'm sure you understand with eating disorders patterns of disordered eating mismatches from the inside is they're not people it's like alcoholism people can be highly functional mm -hmm. highly functional seem totally fine and they're not mm -hmm. there's this sort of like hiding in plain sight aspect to a lot of that stuff. I can kind of go on tangents with disordered eating forever because it was so impactful, but in terms of scarcity, the abundance learning comes from seeing food as a kind of medicine, seeing plants as a kind of support system and knowing that there's a language that the earth shares with your dna mm. that's yeah. universal yeah i think i like i like that and i i do think for me like uh, one thing that helped me um find a healthier way of eating which was i think you know tw towards like the end of high school i kind of figured out that i really liked food you know, and I liked, um, yeah. it was funny because when I was like, when I was not eating a lot, I was eating like cereal and I was eating not, not very healthy things. But then I discovered like this love and this passion of like healthy food, kind of like what you were saying, like seeing the yeah. abundance and seeing what was out there. And, 
And I think that for me, um, helped me move through that eating pattern (laughs) and probably some other like therapy work I did too, as I got a little bit older. Um, but thank you for sharing your story and, and, and all that stuff. Um, is there an oil or like certain things that you would um, recommend as far as scarcity besides geranium? Like, are there some oils that might help or plant alchemy that might help someone who has that scarcity mindset, whether it's money or health or whatever? Oh yeah, definitely. Well, my go-to for abundance is wild orange. Mm. Wild orange is the oil of abundance. It's like sunshine in a bottle, super uplifting, very forgiving. That's a citrus, which is a fruit. So it's a fire element. It's igniting. Mm. It's very invigorating, inspiring. Green mandarin is another citrus that I love for that. That's the oil of pure potential energy. And the way that we can make things kinetic, we can take action and find our own version of forward. Jasmine is really important too, because Jasmine harmonizes the sacral chakra and sacral energy. So our ability to create in spite of other situations that we might have experienced that were less creative, you can have a sacral center, active, healthy, free man or woman, sometimes it's thought of as only women, but it's actually both. Everyone has that creative energy. A lot of times the masculine comes from more of a center chakra space of mm. production. Mm. But, you know, we're all in, we're in a new time now where there's a lot of bent language around gender and things. So without going too far into that, I just like to include that they're, all of these energies are accessible. Mm-hmm. Um green mandarin yeah oh my gosh the jasmine i think if you're working with wounds that won't heal like old inherited ideas around scarcity helichrysum is one of my favorites too helichrysum on the heart on the pulse points that's a really nice one to qualify the feeling, especially for the heart. Any kind of dispersed air energy, the heart is also mm-hmm. air energy. Helichrysum, you can, it's also called life everlasting flower. It was really important when people were working alchemically with immortality. They mm-hmm. would use helichrysum to inspire immortality by drinking it. It's also used to set bones. Mm. So it's a very powerful restructuring plant. Mm. There's a saying about helichrysum for wounds that will will not heal and for the walking wounded, for the Mm. wounded that are still walking. The helichrysum was imperative in my journey. I've recently developed a practice almost daily with helichrysum I don't know if you've heard of Tiffany Carroll, but she is a goddess. Mm. I highly recommend anyone that's listening. If you're curious, we'll link her website. She has a website, right? We'll link her website in the show notes. Oh yeah. She's amazing. Um, And the last one for disordered eating patterns, specifically grapefruit Mm. um, is about honoring the body. As you can see, there's a fire element idea developing. Mm. here. There's a lot of 
citrus and citruses because it's the willingness to keep going. It's the ignition switch. There's metabolism, you know, that has a connotation when you're in eating disorder land, metabolism is kind of a four letter word, but it's actually just momentum, Mm. able to go moment to moment. And that's citrus. Mm. Yeah. And would you say, um, same, maybe we talked about this before, but for the disembodiment, do you Mm. think that there's any kind of plants or anything that you recommend to kind of reclaim your body? Mm -hmm. You know, I love these, I love these questions and these conversations because the, the elemental composition that we all have, when one discovers what their dominant elements are, they, they have an invincibility to their environment because all of a sudden the elements will be everywhere and you'll be able to identify what element you're feeling like a disembodiment is a hyper orientation to air it's very excessive mm. air the opposite element of air is earth mm. so to harmonize to alchemize mm. you want earth mm. if you and there's different kinds of earth there's something like cedar wood that's the oil of community that would help with feeling ungrounded in terms of like not feeling like we know anyone that understands us that's a mm-hmm. cedar wood situation mm. versus something like vetiver is a root under the ground. Mm-hmm. Roots hold the ground together. Mm-hmm. So this is like a severe ungrounding, like an earthquake of the soul. And then there's woods. There's earth element like cinnamon, which is a bark, mm. which is kind of a heated way of understanding our embodied essence. Cinnamon is one of my favorite oils too. It's actually like a circulatory mm. orientation too. So if you're feeling like you can't feel yourself, mm. cinnamon is really nice, diluted because it's mm. a hot oil. Yeah. Um, on the bottoms of the feet, especially, or back behind the kidneys. Mm. Um, I'm going to try that one. You know, I always have like cold hands and feet. I'm like that person, which I know is about circulation. I had like a Kundalini yoga teacher once who was like, you need this for your circulation. Like he could Mm -hmm. see it on my face when I walked in. So I know that that I'm going to try that cinnamon. And then I was thinking too about what you were talking about roots. I mean, do you think also with what you eat, like I try to eat in sort of like an Ayurvedic seasonal way of like, I know Vata season is always fall, you know, coming into winter. So I try to eat a lot of like root vegetables and carrots, beets. Mm-hmm. So even eating the plants, right, can be alchemizing. And that's, yeah, that's the glorious part. Like the grace and the gratitude of the earth is going alongside her seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we can get tomatoes at 2 a.m. in February. I'm, I don't think that... I don't think it's a great idea though, mm-hmm. because it's it's effing with the earth's rhythm. Mm-hmm. There are no better tomatoes than the ones that come in July. Right. You know, we can preserve them, we can freeze them, things like that. But when we produce them all year, it's like we're telling the earth, like you you're not good enough, boo. Like you didn't right. make it for us, you know. Yeah. It's like she did. And they I want perfect. this right now. Yeah. Actually, I was just talking to the holistic pharmacist today on our Instagram live and we were talking about this. She was talking about, you know, shopping oh, at the cool. farmer's market and we were talking about, 
you know, how that really helps dial you into what's locally in season um, mm-hmm. and then getting creative with that kind of stuff with food. All right. So we've talked about essential oils. We've talked about how you can get it in your diet. I know that you also are, are a practitioner of something called a cacao ceremony. So I'm oh. super interested in like, what is that all about? <laughs> yes. Yes, queen. So my favorite plant ally is cacao. Cacao is a seed, it's a bean. So it's the Akashic records, the ether element, just to put that out there. Cacao is a remedy for heartbreak of any sort. It's fortifying for the blood. It's one of the most complex things on the planet. It was traded as currency. It's like gold. Mm. Um, And one of the things about alchemy is always turning lead into gold. Mm -hmm. Like lemons into lemonade or cacao beans into ceremony there's a magic to cacao i discovered cacao or she discovered me she came to me um almost five years ago now and i'll never forget my first experience with it i this is like you know when i was in eating disorder land i told myself I convinced myself that I didn't like chocolate because I was afraid of chocolate. Chocolate was a food. And mm-hmm. I went years without eating chocolate. So, I mean, it is just so cosmic to me that now, like, I mean, 40% of my diet is chocolate now. It's like insane. Now it's so like good. cacao all the time, you know, in between the truffles and the cacao itself. Um, I went into chocolate making I started apprenticing as a chocolate maker because I just suddenly got really obsessed seemingly out of nowhere with this idea of cacao I had these hormonal issues and I found in my personal research a lot of it had to do with the HB axis in our brain the relationship that our thyroid has to our ovaries and there's I learned a lot from this woman called Aviva Ram she's a holistic MD back East Mm. in New York. I haven't met her personally, but I've read her books and things and she speaks a lot about this. Okay. We'll have to link her too. We'll get her information and link in the notes. Yeah. So tell me about her. Yeah. She's amazing. She's um, queen energy because she's over 50. When you turn 50, you get queen energy, Mm. 50 to 65, and then you become crone energy. Mm. Before that, it's mother, and then even before that, it's maiden energy. Mm. So there's a cycle to the feminine with the archetypes. Mm-hmm. Um, cacao is crone wisdom. Cacao is ancient wisdom. Cacao ceremony is any time that you spend with cacao as in reverence to the earth. So you can make your own cacao practices. When I first started, I entered through the gate of ceremonial cacao that I found on the internet after I had been recommended a brand from a friend of mine that I was apprenticing with because I was thinking about becoming a chocolate maker, Um, which is funny now because even five years later, now I'm like a chocolate seller (laughs) because I have the cacao and the truffles but what i learned in this process about cacao is that it's like the secret weapon of the universe it's a medicine for the heart 
when you do cacao ceremony, you do two ounces of ceremonial grade single origin cacao. The quality is really important. It's the most important thing. The places where cacao grows, they are a little bit more alternative. Places like Guatemala, along the equator. The cacao butter is more valuable for cosmetics and things like that. So these smaller countries, it's kind of like coffee trading. Mm -hmm. They sometimes sell the butter and then there's cacao powder that gets made from the remaining part of the bean, but that's not this. Okay. This is different. This is ceremonial grade cacao. It's the whole bean that's fermented in the sun and then pressed into a paste and then mm. ground or chopped into a powder and then put into water. Okay. Um, so that's the little thing there. It's two ounces, which might seem like a lot, but it's just enough. Once you have a ceremony, you're just, it'll just be hooked forever because it's so good. It's so mm. fortifying. 80% more oxygen flushes your body. Your whole lymphatic system gets flushed with oxygen. Mm. It essentially restarts your whole circulatory system, moves everything. It's very high in magnesium and fiber too. It's a superfood, essentially. Mm -hmm. It had a moment, like all the companies had the cacao powder and things. Mm -hmm. Those aren't bad. It's mm -hmm. just that they're not the same energetically because it's a split there's no butter in it there's mm -hmm. no fat content in cacao butter mm -hmm. ceremonial cacao has all of the fats in it oils bond to other oils oil and water don't mix mm -hmm. so to get the magic into the cells the oil from the cacao has to hit the lipid rim of your cell and then it merges in gets absorbed okay a lot of our body now modern life we struggle with absorption like you're mm. talking about ayurveda it's mm -hmm. not what we eat it's what we absorb mm. that's a whole mood mm -hmm. so cacao <laughs> is like this gift from the goddess and it also happens to have something called thermobromine in it which is a bliss chemical it's something that our brain exerts when we're really happy or excited and um when you drink cacao, you have this kind of uplift. It's like, it's kind of like a high feeling, but it's not jittery like caffeine. A lot of people replace their coffee with cacao. Mm. Sometimes I go rogue and I'll put cacao in my coffee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of like bulletproof coffee. <laughs> like when you add fat to it, mm -hmm. your body absorbs it slower. Mm -hmm. Right. Caffeine. In it. And so. It, like this cacao I'm drinking right now has a little bit of matcha in it. It gives it like a different flavor. This is Bali cacao. Each cacao has a personality. Mm. You know? mm -hmm. There's so much to say about cacao ceremony. The basic idea is a reverence practice, a kind of prayer for the earth, gratitude prayer for the earth, and a remedy for the common confusion of humanness like sitting with a cup of something is a tradition that's just ages old especially a warm cup of something right she's like cheers boo <laughs> and cacao just brings such joy mm -hmm. to life yeah
pick out ceremony. I have ceremonies every new moon that are digital now. They used to be in person. Um, and when we open up again as a world, they will be coming back for sure because cacao really like, so she has a Devi, she has a goddess that you can worship essentially, which I do every day because cacao is like literally a food group for me now. Mm -hmm. It's like, I haven't not had cacao in five years, like every single day. It's just mm -hmm. been a thing. Um, not always a ceremonial dose mm -hmm. because you know, <laughs> there's enough air already. Right. Yeah. But just touch base with this like element um mm -hmm. it's really important um so yeah, so um yeah. if my listener wanted to get in on your cacao ceremony how does that work oh my gosh yes well the best way is to join the mailing list on moonbeamdaydream.com the mailing list will also come with a little morning routine, like, thank you so much for joining the party PDF. That's pretty cool. Incorporates how to start your little cacao ritual in the morning. And then I also sell ceremonial cacao on the website that comes with a little instruction about how to do ceremony. I'm super transparent with my entire company. If anyone wanted to do a phone call. How do I do this cacao? I do that all the time. People, I mean, my cell phone's on the website. Like people can contact me directly. Right but the on. community thing, every new moon, and then they're often happening on the high holy days. The next one is Beltane, which is May Day, May 1st. Mm. There's a day retreat where we do cacao ceremony. The event calendar, though. On the website okay. check out the invalid counter and th those are virtual events for now you said they're virtual right now yeah that's awesome then anybody can jump in from anywhere yeah. in the world it's been really i've been very enlightened this last year with the internet yeah i know i love it you can do Who so knows? much so um kind of to piggyback on that like i just want to know you told you talked about moonbeamdaydream.com your website um mm -hmm. how else can listeners find you oh my gosh well there's moonbeam daydream on tiktok <laughs> which is my new favorite thing yeah and then moonbeam underscore daydream is my instagram that Instagram links to all of the other things. That's probably the easiest mm. way to get into everything as well as the mailing list on the website. And then my podcast is Moonbeam Moments and that's on iTunes and Spotify. It's also on Google Podcasts too. And you can get linked to that through the Instagram or you can stream it live on the website now too. Nice. Yeah, that that's how I got hooked on my Moonbeam Daydream is that website or the podcast was like, I got so hooked on, it, I just binged it. I love your podcast. So yeah. Um, before yeah. I let you go, thank you so much for jumping on here. I just wonder if you had any other practical takeaways for any listeners who might be going through painful times right now. Oh, yes. Well, you know, compassion is a kind of currency and we have to be patient with ourselves in these new times. I always say, and this is my mother's wisdom, everyone is doing the best they can 
mm. at the level of awareness that they have and just giving yourself this grace around what you are able to do today because whatever you get done today is enough mm. there's always going to be an opportunity to do more always but whatever you do do is enough mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going through a time where you're like the world's passing me by all these things are happening it's try to remember you know you're a miracle there's no accident that you're on this planet at this time and you know there's a cape underneath <laughs> right underneath there's wings right underneath and that's a powerful place to be i love that visualization there are wings underneath there there it's like you're a super superhero with your superpowers <laughs> right yeah you're yeah. on this earth for a reason absolutely well, thank you so much, Freedom, for joining us today. It was such a pleasure. And um, I always say to my guests, until next time. So I can't wait until um, the next time we chat. Oh, that'd be amazing. All right. Love you, girl. Thank you so much for joining us today. To learn more about today's guest and a wide range of other wellness professionals, please visit our global wellness community at wellville.com. W-E-L-V-I-L dot com. I look forward to meeting you next time on the road to Wellville.